We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hello, you beautiful gamers. As per usual, welcome back to the Esports Rewind Podcast. Another week we survived, Zan, and it's been a wicked week. Insane. Really and truly, like, every day, just back to back to back. Crazy news in esports. Dude, every single day this week we had some gigantic stories. Optic, Mm. FaZe, Banks, XQC, Twitch. I mean, you name it, they're probably in the news this past week, and that is why... We love what we do. Absolutely. So we hope you guys all enjoy. All you audio listeners, all you YouTube listeners, Zan, you want to hit him with anything at the beginning? Uh, you know what? Thanks for tuning in, everybody. You know, no oh. long intro this week. Let's but just I, jump straight into it. Yeah, guy. I guess really brief updates, though. We have started doing interviews mm. for the content creator, and those are going very well and have been very stressful for us. But hey, we're trying our best, and mm. hopefully sometime in the near future, we will be plus one on the team. So ready to roll? Yeah, let's hit it. Let's kick it. And for this first topic, Zan, not going to go into too grave of detail about the biggest Twitch Rivals scandal of all time, mm. which was one of the many <laughs> stories this past week. Um, I'm going to spare some time out there for all the listeners. Obviously, you guys know XQC was the first of those banned, uh, given a seven-day suspension from the platform and a six-month ban from Twitch Rivals, which we kind of agreed was probably mm-hmm. the right and just action, given the fact he was a top Twitch streamer who stream sniped on stream. Twitch has to set a precedent, and like you said in our recap as well, it's XQC. If he can be banned and everyone else sees this, no one is safe and thus hopefully in the future no top twitch streamers 
will also try and stream snipe. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting time for Twitch to choose to set an example like this, you know? I mean, I don't think they've... We, we tried to look around, and we can't see any other punishment like this being handed out by Twitch. He wasn't just banned from the platform for a few days. He was banned from Twitch Rivals. He was, mm-hmm. you know, forfeited all of his prize earnings, as well as some other players out there who were implicated in potentially not following the rules behind Twitch Rivals. They got similar punishments. Yes, indeed. And uh, following up with that as well, it's been pretty crazy to see for this biggest Twitch Rivals scandal of all time, it's Fall Guys of mm. all games to really yeah, right. get some people uh, some hefty punishments. For a guy like XQC, you come back stronger from this. I'm left feeling pretty bad for a guy like Mendo, alongside Grand Pooh Bear and Night Blue, have now also been found to have broken rules at some point or another. Um, I believe a couple of those were actually somehow tied to XQC, but during this entire tournament, they also broke the rules and were given the same punishment as XQC. Now, I have seen Mendo's explanation. I have seen his clip. Do I think he deserves a six-month ban and a seven-day suspension? In my opinion, no. And it really sucks because they fall in the same hand that XQC did. Mm -hmm. And so Twitch is now thinking, okay, we kind of have to give the same punishment, even though they are very different circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I'm left feeling bad for a guy like Mendo. I do believe that a guy like Grand Pooh Bear admits he was actually telling XQC who to snipe directly. Mm -hmm. And so probably deserves the same punishment. But it's just there's so many stringes to talk about. And so it's crazy to see that Fall Guys, not even an eSport, and after talking to Mendo very briefly, the rules were so obscure. Is I'm obscure sure, I'm the right sure. word? Yeah, vague. The very vague, broad, obscure. very vague. Like, a lot of these people had no idea that, oh no, I could be banned for six months from Twitch Rivals if I do this. It, it's a sucky situation all around. Yeah, it, this is like, you know, it was always going to happen at some point. Yeah. Twitch has always been super just unclear about rules, regulations, how punishments would be doled out for like literally anything on their platform. We all know Twitch is not going to be the person to come forward and tell you, hey, this is exactly why we're doing what we're yeah, doing Yeah, here. here's the breakdown, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, some people were, unfortunately, they were going to be the first victims yep. to get hit by something like this. And, I mean, all I can say is I hope Twitch in the future is a little bit more clear with situations like this and that they at the same time that they also stick to actually issuing punishments for people who do break rules in these high stakes events. Yeah, certainly. And Tifu did escape punishment. He did forfeit the prize money. Obviously not a huge chunk of change Mm -hmm. for that guy. It's really, if you really, really dive into it, it's interesting how Tifu, of course, he did not direct XQC. He did not say anything to XQC, but other streamers who were banned, you know, also did not tell XQC anything. So uh, again, there's so many stringent, so many things things to look into. At the end of the day, I think Twitch rivals in the terms of management and communication to these streamers certainly fell through yet again. And now we have several streamers being punished heftily for their mistakes. All right, Jake, let's get into one of the biggest fighting game community stories of the entire year. Realistically speaking, one of the biggest stories in several years for the fighting game community. We're of course talking about the situation where Nintendo has forcefully issued a cease and desist to one of the biggest Super Smash Brothers tournaments in the world. Yeah, and let's not downplay this, right? Not mm. just FGC, not just Smash, but of course Nintendo being involved as well. This mm. is, it, it's pretty gigantic, and there's not really comparisons to be made to other esports out there. Not but the I think all, just yeah. based off the reaction, I think uh, a quarter of a million tweets and free melee going and trending, this is obviously a big issue for a lot of diehard fans out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in particular, like you said, this is a very unique situation in the melee because let, just to give a bit, a bit of background for people out there, the Super Smash Brothers melee community has survived in spite of Nintendo. Nintendo has 
for the entire lifespan of the game. People have wanted to play it as an eSport, but Nintendo does not want to support it. They don't give money. They don't even provide logistical support in a lot of cases. You know, And so the Melee community has been entirely community-run for like literally decades. The mm-hmm. game came out in 2001 and is still going very, very strong. Um, so what happened here in this exact situation is... Uh, the Big House, being one of the top Smash Brothers tournaments, been running for a, nearly a decade. This would have actually been their 10th year of running the event. Uh, they basically were in a tight situation. Because of COVID, obviously, they couldn't hold an in-person event. And Melee is basically, it's not really playable online. Because of age and uh, yeah. other logistical reasons. Mm-hmm. And so basically what one of, the, one of the fantastic community members out there did is he made a mod called Slippy. And essentially what that does is it brings not just matchmaking, but also rollback netcode to Smash Brothers, which makes it like a fantastic game to play online. It's really, it's truly amazing what this dude brought to the table here. For a quick gist, it makes the online experience actually playable and therefore you can have competitors actually play the game online despite without it you know if you if mm. you do not have this third party platform of slippy it's not playable mm, yeah basically i mean it melee may as well not exist in the covid era without slippy and it's been a weird situation because honestly i think melee with slippy is more playable online than super smash brothers ultimate the latest game from nintendo so it's that's just the general situation here, right? Obviously, Nintendo came to the table and they were like, look, guys, uh, this is an illegal mod. Well, not the mod itself is technically not illegal, but in order to use the mod, a lot of people do have illegally downloaded versions of the game that they're playing off of. And Nintendo is using that as their core reason to say, hey, we can't allow that. We got to nix the situation, right? But in a situation where Melee is not even purchasable anymore from Nintendo. You can't buy a copy in 2020. And this is literally the only way to play the game right now. So obviously, a lot of the members of the community, a lot of fans out there are truly crushed, horrified, and furious with Nintendo for daring to just step in for five seconds and slap them away from literally like their major for the year. This might as well be the international in uh in, in terms of like you know just to put that in a context, perspective yeah yeah for the wider esports audience and nintendo did not support it at all they're not they didn't do anything to help those people ever you know they just said hey no we don't like what you're doing to survive right now so go away do you think at all this is a way for nintendo to usher people to newer titles or newer ip no not at all just to, uh, yeah the, to the, protect the brand or why make this move out of it seemingly you know this is when you speak up it kind of seems random for nintendo to speak up out of nowhere and of course mm-hmm. they probably didn't expect this kind of backlash i don't oh, know what they not. expected yeah i'm sure. certainly not this i assume nintendo probably is like shocked to, to see this level of backlash i mean this this story has been huge on twitter on social media on youtube even uh, several big members of the community not just like you know standard pro players but even members of esports orgs like hungry box and armada and stuff have come up come forward made videos very detailed long videos saying hey this might be the end of this game as a game as like as a competitive title because realistically speaking nintendo has burned the community perhaps one too many times yeah and not the first time we've talked about nintendo maybe uh Maybe hating esports is a bit harsh, but not needing esports yeah. is certainly a discussion to be had. And yes, that all B 
be it, might be true. Mm. But it's certainly just kind of, uh, it's really sucky to see this destructive of a nature. And of course, the response that has been had out there, it makes you feel all the more for a diehard community who's been around for so long. I think they go widely overlooked by a large portion of our audience, mm. you know, being around for this long on a game that really, you know, quite frankly, in a lot of other settings would not still be around. Absolutely not. And so it, it, I don't even know how to compare this to like a original Counter-Strike if Valve somehow was like, you know, no, nah, no, nah, we don't. But mm. of course, we've moved on to CSGO now being so it's, yeah, it's so exactly. tough yeah. to try and look at this from an outside view and compare it to what we might know and be more relevant. But obviously, by the response, it's a huge deal. And I just don't know where we go from here. Yeah, to circle back to the reasoning real quick, uh, that's definitely up in the air. Um, it's very possibly that Nintendo is trying to do this just to protect the image of Smash Brothers in some weird way. Because let's be real, Smash Brothers community, if you're out there, if you're listening, y'all are problematic, okay? Certainly been under fire it's as of late. We've, I mean, we've had great. stories over the past six to twelve months. Yes, mm. clearly, there's a variety of reasons why that scene might be suffering right now. This just only adds to the list, which is all the more unfortunate. Yeah, and you know, just to put a pin in this, uh, this is the first time Nintendo has done this in seven years. You know, the last time I did so was at Evo in 2013, and the community backlash was so huge that Nintendo rolled back that decision and was like totally okay with Smash being in events going forward. Other games, other tournaments have used Slippy in the past without any issue from Nintendo, so who knows why they picked this one to make an example out of. Uh, we can only hope that some kind of statement gets issued that addresses the situation in a truly respectful way. Yep, and now we look forward and we will see what Nintendo does next. All right, guys, before our next topic, a quick few words about our sponsor. Now that football is back in full swing, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all your great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at Bet betonline.ag that's blue wire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts and 2020 has reshaped how we work businesses across the globe are trying to be more efficient than ever so when every hire is critical indeed is here to help indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other site helping you find quality candidates quickly indeed also gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring and you only pay for what you need you can pause your account anytime and there are no long-term contracts and now indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, which is why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And now, let's get back to the podcast. I got a really good question for you on this next Ooh. topic, Zan. Something I, I went to bed dreaming about for a, a great podcast topic and a question to all of you guys listening or watching as well. Uh, we actually had a former Navi member and a Counter-Strike pro himself, Seized, come out in an interview this past week with Zeus, also a former Navi member. Not as Vincere, very well known and regarded in the esports scene, especially for Counter-Strike. And it was actually after questioned, you know, if, has he ever thrown, has he ever uh, actually thrown a match on purpose for money, where Seized 
Chinese does announce that he had heard in the Dota scene of Tier 3 Chinese Dota teams throwing for as much or as little perspective matters for $500 a match. Then asked about CSGO majors, he has said he had heard talks, you know, never fielded said offers mm-hmm. of $20,000 per head Per, per, of course, that being per player, uh, per match at a major. Now, who knows how many years back this was, but it kind of does beg the question that I have for you. And yes, circumstance really does matter. I, I just want to know how much would it take for you, a pro in whatever esport, to, to throw a game, especially at the biggest event you do have, right? Whether it be the international, whether it be worlds or a major, whatever your esport of choice is. Is there an amount in your in your head, or is there too much to think about on the side? Honestly, there kind of isn't a number because if you if you throw a match like that and it gets found out at all, right? You're done. Yeah, that's your career is over. That's forever going to be a blemish on your name. You know, we've seen players like the I Buy Power Boys. You know, they've come back to the esports community and their industry, but you know, they're always going to be known as kind of a roster who's slipped up and even then took five plus years to even and of course yeah you're right whenever you bring up those players that's what a lot of people think of first Mm. you almost taint your image a little bit luckily for them a a new rising esport like is that is that a guarantee in anyone's future that you can actually transition from one esport to another no yeah they're very fortunate to have been able to make the transition so smoothly quote unquote i mean hey like you said it did take them several years to recover and that amount of money, $20,000, that's not worth years of your career being derailed. Um, and of course, theirs was notoriously for much, much less. Yeah, yeah. I, I find this to be a really tricky question because I think it does matter your background, your current uh, status, uh, you know, you know, with you uh, in the world, you know, mm-hmm. what your job is, what tier of the scene you're in. Are yeah. you are you a tier three up and comer who is going to go to college and not be a full time pro? You, you know, you're kind of on your way out. Mm-hmm. Are you tier two? Are you at the very, very top and you're 17 years old and college is not your move i think it does totally depend on circumstance absolutely so i don't know if i can name a number so this section is kind of unfair (laughs) but i I think for me personally especially covering these stories has Mm. changed my perspective i can't imagine being in their shoes necessarily but if you're going to put everything on the line that number's got to be ridiculously high for someone like me yeah i'd say minimum six figures realistically speaking probably seven which, again, we're probably not there yet, mm, but absolutely. hey, I'll tell you this, you know, we've talked about this many, many a months back that we have not seen yet our biggest ever esports or gaming scandal, mm. especially as esports goes more to the betting side, which, you know, to be sustainable, I think it will just like traditional sports. Yeah, of course. I mean, that has that has made that market so much more sustainable, offered so many more jobs and brought in a lot more eyes. You know, when you add gambling, it adds a whole new world. And I think, you know, 10, 20, however long years from now, when esports gambling and betting really pick up we've talked about this i think we will see those major scandals right uh and i think we will 100%. see those bigger those big big numbers that do tempt our top pros out there who are already making six or seven figures a year all of a sudden you're offered that for a match or a weekend i think we're approaching that it'll be hopefully a long way off I'm, I'm really hoping that a lot of our top you know members of the industry right now will not be tempted just because they are making so much money so consistently i mean we know people are getting paid like as much as $50,000 just to play a game for a couple hours. You know, I don't think that anything like this is going to tempt any of those people. I really hope that all the up-and-comers don't take that brief payout, you know, knowing that it will probably lead to a lifetime of having to recover from that hole. Yeah, and certainly lower-tier scenes are kind of riddled with this kind of thing, mm-hmm. and we'll see if we can escape that, and uh, esports can keep on growing. We'll see if there's ever a major, major scandal out there and what the amount would be. All right, Jake. 
this is going to be very much a conversational topic. I like conversations. <sighs> Jake Paul. Jake Paul, Jake Paul, Jake. Wow. I did not expect you, know. you to bring Jake Paul back to the podcast. Are you that tilted by his tweet? I am. <laughs> Can you let the viewers know I, what he tweeted that got you so I'm riled up? Truly, I, I, I'm shocked personally how much this actually bothered me. Jake Paul took to Twitter, took to the public eye to claim that he essentially created the concept of content houses. Of course, he was immediately told to sit down by Hex and so many other members of our industry because really and truly the gaming and esports scene is the origin of content houses in this in this specific term that like Jake is like trying to allude to. And are you look, trying to look up like the official, like the full? I'm looking up the tweet the right now. Text, yeah. I'm actually surprised you took it serious because he's kind of been known to be that kind of guy. But I, I got the tweet up if you want me to. Oh, yeah, by all means. Uh, Jake it. Paul did state a few days prior. He said, I create the first content house. Then there's 500 content houses. I start boxing. Now every influencer is a boxer. What's next? Y'all going to get raided by the FBI on purpose? A focus on the uh, the portion where he says, I create the first content house. He got uh, responses from people like FaZe Banks, as well as Hector Rodriguez guys from NRG and Optic. Um, a lot of other gaming figures out there did respond and even FaZe and Optic weren't the first people, but they yeah, yeah. they were far uh, you know ahead of Jake. And there was also content houses before Jake as well mm. in the entertainment space. I just I'm surprised that you brought this here because you clearly are very tilted by by a Paul brother, which I just I'm surprised. I yeah. I didn't take it that seriously. I made a video, but I didn't yeah. find it to be too. And who knows how serious this actually is meant to be taken by like by Jake. He's I, meant to rile up people like just he, like you, motherfucker. He, he is he he does stuff like this constantly, and normally I don't pay any much attention i just think that like i'm just i'm just die. i'm tired you know aren't we all i'm tired of people like this just pulling nonsense like this trying to take credit for stuff because on some level i'm sure he actually does believe that he is in some way the root cause of uh, content mean, houses popping up i know people hate on the guy but i will say this he has sparked a lot of movements that have Ooh, been yeah. copied by other creators like yeah, absolutely not, other not, trash creators let's not, be real okay not all of them but he is just mm. so polarizing it's tough to give him credit where it's due mm. where the small places where it is due like clearly he is doing something right to a degree i I can name other figures in the gaming space that are maybe as polarizing as him that have mm. seen great success. Yeah. It does not mean you're a, a good person all the time. And certainly there are a lot of figures that have sparked these movements and mm. made great success that have done some very controversial things that I don't approve of. I just don't take him very seriously on the content houses thing. And I don't yeah, think he was yeah, even yeah. In, I don't think in his mind he was like talking about content houses for gamers, right? Yeah, yeah. It just so happens that Banks and Hex and all these guys responded, so mm. it sparked a great talking point. Yeah, from my perspective, I'm just here thinking, okay, it is it is more than time for us to stop humoring these types of statements from people, to stop allowing people like Jake to try and it's come not in happen. and be try to like pull anything like this or try to pretend like they have Sanford. any kind of relevance Sanford. in this space. People have or, said much worse course, than this. Of course, yeah. And they're still doing 100%. great. They're doing 100%. just fine. I think the Paul brothers in particular, it's time for us don't to group, just... Don't group, don't group. Don't do this on the podcast. <laughs> Logan Paul, I think a lot of people <laughs> can agree there is a clear oh, yeah, separation yeah, yeah, yeah. between they're, they're Jake and Logan, okay? One, one is... I, I'm not gonna, because you know you 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 know very well. I can never get the two, yeah, two names. Yeah, you switch them correct. around too much. Yeah. I don't want you yeah. to throw out names yourself. Yeah, yeah. I I just want to say there's they're a both clear fantastic separation. creators. They've done amazing things with their careers. They've really brought in a certain kind of life to you know YouTube as a platform and to social media, of course. 
I'm just, yeah, I just need these people to like quiet Calm down, quiet down, go away for a bit. Welcome to the entertainment Please. space, baby. Yeah, it's only yeah, gonna I get know. Worse from here I on know. Out. Believe me, I just wanted to complain for two seconds. Hey, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess we'll end on a question for all of you guys. You know, Jake Paul says he was the first content house. Uh, give us a give us a response. You know what? Who who did content houses first in your eyes? But more importantly, who did them the best so far? I think we've had our answers as well. But mm. uh, who did the best and who did it first? And very lastly, Xenifer, I want to talk about some of the most popular faces attached to esports organizations and if that actually brings a benefit to their respective orgs as well. That's going to be David Beckham, our boy D-Beck. D-Becks. <laughs> That's our boy from Guild Esports, if you guys don't know, has now been widely known as the face of the esports organization who promises him around $20 million for the next five years. I compare the likes of maybe like a, a FaZe Banks or a 100 Teenage Shot. These are big faces, big figures. Optic Hex up there as well. Um, that bring a lot of value back to their brands in a variety of ways. It was actually most recently David Beckham announced an exclusive deal with FIFA 21. Now that is a gigantic deal played by millions and millions of people out there and I compared that to the likes very lightly. I think David's deal is, is gigantic and probably not you know anywhere near what I'm talking about next but that's going to be Hunter Thieves Nade Shot. Last year Call of Duty Modern Warfare got his own exclusive skins in the game the only CEO and face of an organization to actually get those skins, much like David Beckham is the only esports face that is getting an exclusive deal with FIFA 21. My quick question to you is, do you think this brings benefit back to Guild Esports or to 100 Thieves, respectively? 100%. I think just from a pure publicity perspective, right? Bringing eyes to the organization and saying like, hey, look, this is not just a CEO. This is a personality as a member of the community, a member of the industry. And just the game showing that level of respect and understanding for their place in the community is huge. And that really speaks volumes, especially to the casual community out there who's just like, you know, tuning into FIFA, tuning into Call of Duty, playing the game. It really, it moves them in a certain direction where, hey, if an average Call of Duty player sees, hey, Nade Shot's the only guy in esports with a skin, there's a good to fair chance that they're going to be keeping an eye on 100 Thieves if they ever go, if they ever get interested in esports. And same with Guild. Yeah, and I think it's definitely going to be a, a menial effect, mm. especially because David Beckham's FIFA deal is not exclusively tied to Guild in any way, right? right? right. Yeah. But I think the idea here is this is making the figure more popular, thus what that figure is a part of more popular as well, right? Mm. The more popular David Beckham becomes, the more people who look him up, who talk about him and think, oh, what, what other businesses is he involved in? Oh, Guild Esports, that's really cool. So I think it's along that same vein. Like you see a Nade Shot skin, and if you somehow don't know who Nade Shot is and you're playing Call of Duty, mm. you're like, oh, that, who's Nade Shot? You look him up, you see Nade Shot. CEO of 100 Thieves, I think it certainly has an impact. It's kind of just judging how much of an impact that does have, right? Yeah, that's basically impossible to determine like in any like, you know, in any way we say, oh, hey, this is exactly how much money it brings to the org. This is exactly how much of reach this brings to the org. I mean, FaZe uh, Banks coming out with yeah. a, a paparazzi interview is saying mm -hmm. F Xbox, F PlayStation mm -hmm. probably helps out FaZe Clan more than any of these deals has, right? Yeah, it's very possible. All of a sudden, we got 70% of the internet saying, heck yeah, Banks, and like 30% saying, oh, that's just dumb. I can't afford But either way, they're saying, okay, FaZe Banks, FaZe, his name's going everywhere. Yeah. So it's funny from our perspective to look at all of these deals and try and think about who's bringing more eyes to their respective organizations and are they good or bad eyes. So mm -hmm. I want to throw that off you very, very quickly and kind of just, I also wanted to have a, a segment where I compare David Beckham to Nate Shot, and we'll, <laughs> we'll see where we are five to ten years from now. David Beckham obviously doing very, very well. Hopefully Guild Esports can follow suit. 
As per usual, folks, we hope you guys all enjoy the Esports Rewind podcast. Truly do appreciate all of you guys who listen. It's one of my favorite parts of the week to really just uh, kind of zen out and talk about things. Zan, mm-hmm. thank you as per always for being my partner here. And uh, you want to hit him with that? You got Gautro? Yeah, yeah, let's hit it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. <laughs> let's jump straight into it. <laughs> thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you'd like to listen to the Esports Rewind podcast on the go on your mobile phone, really anywhere at all, in the world uh check us out as part of the prediction esports talk show network that's p-r-e-e-d-i-c-t-i-o-n we're on itunes spotify basically anywhere you listen to like you listen to your podcast you know shout out to our audio listeners out there we really do appreciate you downloading an episode tuning in does help support the channel and our platform overall if you'd like some daily esports news content by all means swing through esports talk on youtube esportstalk.com for some of the you know stories we don't necessarily get to cover on the channel you can also always send us a message on twitter at talk underscore esports as well as instagram at esports underscore talk as jake mentioned briefly at the beginning of the top podcast i you know kind of wanted to wrap up the episode with this um unfortunately our team member nick did decide to leave the company uh earlier on in the week it was personal decision based on some things he's got going on and you know we very much we're gonna miss him we wish him the best and you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a different office without him around but now we're looking to the future and as such we've started interviews for the content creator position we announced uh several weeks back we've got a very very strong first interview a couple really good ones ahead and we may be looking to pick up jake said one person we may be looking for two who knows we'll see we'll see so by all means if you have not seen that and you think hey maybe you could see yourself joining the esports talk team by all means send us an application i'd love to read it All right, until next time, folks, we hope you all enjoy. We'll see you back here same time, same day next week. Until then, take care, folks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.